Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Several years ago, I was visiting a parishioner in the hospital. Got to the hospital, found out the person's room number, and then I went to the elevator. And as I got on the elevator, two ladies came behind me. We got on the elevator and the doors closed. Now, they had clearly just come from the cafeteria. Uh, They were holding food from the cafeteria in their hands, and the door closed to the elevator, and one of the ladies hands the other one a bag of saltine crackers. She says, here, do you want these saltine crackers? I stole them from the cafeteria. (laughs) And then she looked at me, and I had my Bible in my hand. (laughs) I had my hospital issue ID tag that said, Pastor Sutton, and she turned red. (laughs) She turned really, really red. And she proceeded to tell me that to say, I stole these, is just an expression. She didn't actually steal the saltine crackers. She further went on to tell me that if you buy the soup, you're entitled to the crackers. (laughs) that she had legally and lawfully come by way of these saltine crackers. I couldn't help but laugh. We had a great laugh. Uh, I asked her if she had any other sins she wanted to confess. (laughs) Now, these sorts of things actually happen more often than you'd think to pastors. Uh, Somebody finds out you're a pastor and it kind of changes everything. Suddenly they start asking you obscure theological questions Uh, Sometimes they start divulging all of their stolen saltine crackers. uh, Or sometimes the conversation just shuts down and they kind of back away. Now maybe you haven't had that exact interaction. But I'd imagine you've probably had something somewhat similar. Uh, I'd imagine you've had a time, or maybe plenty of times, where somebody finds out you're a Christian. You're talking to this person, it's at work, it's at school, it's maybe at your mailbox talking to your neighbor, and they find out, oh... This person I'm talking to is a follower of Jesus. Maybe you mentioned that you go to church. Maybe you're wearing a cross or some other uh, Christian jewelry or something like that. Maybe they see you and you're at Starbucks or something, you're reading your Bible or reading a Christian book, and, and they identify you as a Christian, a follower of Jesus. I'm sure you've had this happen. Now imagine that person finds out you're a Christian and they say this, oh, You're a Christian. Neat. I've been wondering, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? How do you respond? What's your answer? Uh, Increasingly, we live in a culture that's going to be asking this question to us. What does it mean to be a Christian? How do you respond? How do we respond? I think there's a lot of people that would respond like this. Uh, They would respond by saying, to be a Christian means to be good. That if you want to call yourself a Christian, then you've got to be more good than bad. Uh, If you drew a continuum between bad and good, if you want to call yourself a Christian, there'd be people who'd say, you've got to be on the good side of that spectrum. You've got to be 51% good to be a Christian. 
Uh, So with this understanding, to be a Christian means that you help old ladies cross the street. Uh, To be a Christian means that you let people merge in your lane in a traffic jam. To be a Christian means putting premium gas in a rental car. The height of altruism, right? I have never done that. I probably never will do that. <laughs> being a Christian means being good. And I've actually, I met someone a couple weeks ago, and this was his understanding of what it means to be a Christian. He found out I was a pastor, and he said, how do you come up each and every week with new ways of telling people to be good? So he was thinking, as a pastor, my job is week in and week out to find creative new ways to tell you all to be good. There's a couple problems with this way of thinking. Uh, It's not biblical. It's not aligned with any historic confession the church has ever made. It's not the teaching of Jesus. But even more than that, it's impossible. It is impossible. We are not good. We're not good. When we try to be good, we fall short of it. Uh, God's standard of goodness, God's standard of righteousness and holiness, we may reach at it, we may strive to do it, but we always fall short. Uh, We heard those words, Ephesians 4, and those words from Ephesians 4, it's like holding a mirror to ourselves and seeing the ways in which, yeah, we haven't been good. Uh, Verse 25, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we're members one of another. Have we ever lied to or about our neighbor? Yeah, we have. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Have we ever gotten angry and sinned? Yeah, we have. Let the thief no longer steal. Rather, let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Have we ever cut corners? Have we ever stolen? Yes and yes. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Have we ever spoken words that tear others down? Yep, again, we have. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Have we ever plugged our ears to the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Check. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Have we ever held bitterness towards someone else? Yeah. Lastly, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Have we ever been forgiven by God and then refused to forgive someone else? Sure thing, we've done it. If being a Christian means being good, then none of us are Christians. If being a Christian means being good, then none of us are Christians. There's got to be a better answer to this question. What does it mean to be a Christian? How about this? Continuum, an X over the bad, an X over the good. That being a Christian means recognizing, yeah, we aren't good. We have fallen short in so many ways that God has said, this is what it means to be good. This is what it means to be righteous. This is what it means to follow my word. And we've done the opposite. Being a Christian is recognizing our sin, repenting of that, saying, Lord, save me. 
free me from this rebellion. And being a Christian is realizing there is one who is good, that heaven has sent to be our redeemer, to set us free from our rebellion, to set us free from our waywardness. And through faith in Christ, his goodness is ours. That's what we saw in these baptisms where God says, even though you're not good, I'm giving you my goodness. I'm giving you my righteousness in Christ Jesus. So being a Christian, recognizing that there's not good that dwells in us, but God has given us one who is good. Uh, this is what we hear in Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 7 says this, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. The Apostle Paul is talking about that X over the bad. I want to do good, I try to do good, but I keep on going the wrong way. But then he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Being a Christian is also realizing you are redeemed. You are saved You are set free in Jesus. But I think this still might be a little incomplete. This is a far better answer to what it means to be a Christian. But as we heard in Ephesians, uh, the Christian life is not simply recognizing, yep, I'm a sinner, yep, I've got a Savior, that's it. But Ephesians 4 describes the Christian life like this. Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. These words describe the Christian life as not being static, as not being stagnant. But this describes the Christian life as one of transformation, of renewal, of being called and claimed as God's child, and then living a life that increasingly reflects that. Having God transform you so that you're not just content with that old self, that old life, but having a life that's continually remade, renewed, looking more and more like Jesus every day. Uh, this is what we hear in Second or First Peter chapter 2. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. Do you hear that transformation in there? That renewal? Once you were in the darkness, but now you are increasingly living in the light. Once you were nobody. Now you are somebody, God's precious somebody. That's the Christian life. New life in Christ being transformed and remade, conformed to his image. And so we hear those words from Ephesians 4. Those are not words that are telling you, this is what you must do to be good. Uh, These words from Ephesians 4, they're not good from us. Good that we do to make ourselves a Christian. Instead, these words from Ephesians 4 are good for us because it's who we are in Jesus. Uh, Hear those words again. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Speaking the truth. That is living as a child of God. That's being who you are in Jesus. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Peace, reconciliation, those are things that the children of God do because it's who they are. Let, no th- or let the thief no longer steal. Honest work. That's living as a child of God. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Constructive, edifying words. That's what it looks like to be brought into the household of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Being receptive. Having your ears tuned to the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to have life in Christ. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you. Resisting these things. Living as a child of God. And lastly, be kind to one another. Kindness. Kindness. That's living as God's people. See, these things are not good from us. These things are not things that make us a Christian. But instead, because God has called you, God has claimed you, God has said, you're my precious child, these things are good for us. This is most certainly true. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, We did the confession of the creed during the baptism. So what we'll do is we'll lift up a word of prayer.